HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Museum of Food and Drink, sparking curiosity about food with exhibits you can eat. For more information, visit mofad.org. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Oh my God, it's tax time. Are you ready? If not, this episode of Tech Bites is for you. Good morning, Heritage Radio Network listeners. Today is April 13th, 2017, in case you're listening in the future, which most of you will be doing. I'm Jennifer Leutzi. I am the host of Tech Bytes, which is the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we talk to influencers and innovators in the food tech space. I see a lot of nods in the studio <laughs> going like, yeah, that's me. I'm an influencer and an innovator. I'll take it. You'll take it? Mm. Okay. Today, we are going to bring some of those influencers and innovators and tech folks and restaurant folks together to talk about tax time, because there is actually technology out there that can help make it a little easier if you're a restaurant or a food business owner, and same rules apply to your personal taxes. So we're going to do something a little newsy and timely, and then it'll be an oldie but a goodie going forward. So joining us today, we have some returning guests. We have the guys from Shoebox, who we like. They're a food tech startup that we've been following for the past three, two years and change. They were first on in 2015 for episode 24, mm. Shoebox, Inventory Tech for Restaurants. And then they came on last year, episode 70. What's up, Shoebox was the name of the episode because we were just kind of checking in to see how they were doing a year later. And here they are again. Third visit, third year. This is now episode 94. Wow. Three awesome. times a charm. It's actually our fourth anniversary of the company, like, in the marketplace next week. So that is the voice of Tony. They have Ayatsi. The, Ayatsi. They have the most terrible names to pronounce <laughs> on live radio. Tony Aziatsi. Ayatsi. Ayatsi. And his partner, Xavier Mary Carena. I'd like to see you suffer through that. Uh, <laughs> Mary as Carena. I was close. No, you're very close. That was I, good. That was missing good. like a Dr. Zhivago esque kind of. It's intimidating. It's long. It looks, but it's exactly how it's spelled. You, <laughs> That's what I always you, tell people. If you correspond with him via digital technology, he's simply X in quotation marks. Simp- really yes. simplifies things. And the email is easy too. <laughs> X at exit shoebox. And joining us on the show for the first time is Dave Oz, who is a founder of the Chelsea Hospitality Group that owns two restaurants in Chelsea, actually a bar and a fast casual place. And he also started out in life um, with an accounting degree and as a CPA and is now, you know, a burgeoning restaurant mogul. Yep. Well, focusing on hospitality. Yeah. So he'll be joining us as well. And... Um, yeah, I think it should be good. We were using like all the mics and all the headphones today. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for having us back. Absolutely. So we will kick it off like we always do, talking about apps 
And I was listening to the Shoebox episode 70 on my L train ride in from Manhattan. I do listen to past episodes. If you have a favorite one that you really like, let me know. It's both fun and excruciating to listen to yourself on the radio, which you'll find out, Dave, soon, shortly. I noted that in episode 70, X was talking about Duolingo and that he was learning French. Mm -hmm. And so... (laughs) Oui, oui. Ouais. Comment ça se passe? Tu parles français maintenant ou quoi? Je me peux défendre un peu, (laughs) mais... Je, uh, je dois pratiquer un peu plus. plus uh, un, peu, un peu plus. 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 Yeah. plus. Il est à 47%. Soy espagnol. Me defiendo muy bien espagnol, pero mi français. Oh, he's switching it up. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good deflection technique, switch languages. Hey, listen, reading and writing is a lot easier than actually speaking in a, on a radio show. How's that? Okay. So, Duolingo, that was your app last time. Is yeah. it still your app this time? Or do you have a new one? Um, Something those, you like better? Those, those, well, I mean, I, I, I really like Duolingo, but those pesky guys at Facebook got me. What did they again. get you with? So I'm a Spaniard by by uh, by heritage. By app. By, by, <laughs> heritage, by download. Right? And I've got I've got a little gypsy tendency in me. I'm always looking for these crazy deals on like cast iron, old Griswold cast iron, or guitars or whatever. And um, they just they have this marketplace feature they released and they know my fit they know everything about me like they do they know actually everything about you martin guitar this guy you know so people are putting up all their stuff that they're trying to sell it's it's almost like ebay slash craigslist on facebook little marketplace so i'm on it probably 20 minutes a day looking for is there a separate facebook marketplace app or are you just in the facebook app i'm back in facebook now after like i swore off of it and decided they put you back in they pulled me back in with this marketplace app so they're like you know any search you do all of a sudden all these things come up in your feed and you're like oh wow i could use another cast iron or butcher block or whatever it might be so do you, do you have a big garage i don't but i i just I get obsessive over little things, knickknacks, and st- I think it's my gypsy Spanish tendencies. So he rented a storage space for all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you should see his house as a house. Yeah, I have a lot of little trinkets and knickknacks yeah. and trinkets. Yeah, it's the, Moving I, is fun. Yeah, little old lady yeah. is living inside my brain somewhere. So <laughs> okay, so Facebook. Facebook, but not for the people for this for the garage sale for the marketplace for the marketplace. Yep. Okay, yep. they pulled me back in. All right, they got you. They got their hooks in you now. Yeah, they do. <laughs> At least for now. How much have you spent? I bought a beautiful guitar. Uh, I, got, I got it. So, you know, I'm always looking for the crazy deal. I got this beautiful guitar from uh, a guy up in upstate New York who came down to Atlantic City. I live in Philadelphia, so it was only about an hour away. And he's like, I don't play these guitars. I guess he collects guitars, and he's trying to, like, thin out the herd and... His wife is yelling at him, so I got this incredible guitar for 250 bucks. that's probably like a $2,000 guitar. Wow. Uh, see that? Wowzers. <laughs> so, you know, and then all of a sudden, you're like, it's like a high. You're like, can I, I find another deal? deal? <laughs> can I find another one? You know what I mean? But I'm done with guitars now. I'm on to cast iron. So Cast iron. Yeah. You, you call me when you're into China. Okay. Because I got, I got cases. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, too, have storage. <laughs> There and you people go. who like to shop. Uh, Tony, you have an app that you like for us this week? I've been using, um, I can't recall the name of it right now, but it's one of those Stargazer apps. I've been spending a lot of time out in the North Fork where you can actually see the stars. Mm. And it just seems like some kind of crazy witchcraft that it knows how to tell you where the constellations are. It's pretty fun. Explain a little bit more what a Stargazer app does. You just kind of hold your phone up to the sky. And with the it, camera on? Yeah. With the camera open? And it just yeah. tells you which constellation is which and which planet is which and everything that's going on up there. It's probably using your GPS. Oh, I imagine. But even like the way that you turn around, I mean, it seems like it just knows exactly what you're looking at. It's pretty amazing. Okay. Dave, do you have an app that you like right now? An old so, favorite, something uh, new? Well, I'll be honest. I, I probably don't use apps as much as I should to help me with things. Well, well should is debatable. I well, mean, I think there's a lot of apps out there that make things easier for people, and uh, I probably should look into a lot more of them. But I'll tell you one, one app that I use, because I, I move around a lot from place to place and meetings and stuff. Um, and to get here, I used Embark, which is like a subway app. Oh, oh I've really? never heard of that. Tell yeah. us more. 
Well, it's, it just gives you the, the map of the, of the train. You can put in uh, where you're going and where you're coming from, and I'll give you what train to take, how long it'll take. You know, I'll give you a map. It'll connect you to the map. So uh, it helps you find and gives you a time limit, too. It tells you how long it will take to get to the train, to get to the space. To, Does it tell assuming, you, like... Assuming the MTA is yeah. running right. That's one of the reasons why I use it. I mean, I was born and raised in New York, but the trains, it doesn't matter how, how much you've used the trains. They change, like, every week. Yeah. So, and moment to moment, depending yeah. on what's happening. Exactly. So using the app helps me, you know, know what, what trains are running now and what's not. And so it, does it tell you, like, when the train's going to hit the station? It does. Wow. Um, but that's pretty again, cool. That's, yeah. Is it free? It's free, yeah. Wow. Is it spelled like Embark or is it spelled like M-B-R-K? E-M-B-A-R. Got it. So I can find it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and back in Mission Control, who... Occasionally, we, we feel his presence with the, we hear his presence with the sound effects, which are fun. Is David Tadashore, who's our engineer and the Heritage Radio Network studio manager? Yes, and you got the pronunciation down for me now. Well, I've been working on it for a long time. That was another disaster, also, because the way, yeah. if you could see the way it's spelled, it's not necessarily intuitive or mm. phonetic. Mm. Mm. Sounds like it's spelled. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Incidentally, I'd like to say my favorite episode was episode number 88. You may remember it was about a certain uh, new podcast series. Um, Grotesque self-promotion. Uh, what else is there? <laughs> yes. So, well, David... I wanted to offer that bit of... Pos- well, I don't know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, he was actually a part of a really fun uh, fictional podcast called What's the Story? And it's a four-episode podcast that you can get on iTunes and all your favorite podcasting platforms. WTSpodcast.com. Yep. It's really funny. It's it's an ensemble podcast about a guy who works as a fact-checker who becomes disenfranchised with how fact-checking ruins stories Mm. and decides he's going to do a podcast where the most important thing is not the facts, but the story itself. And so he puts together this really funny cast of characters, and some of them are really kind of hilarious, spot-on stereotypes of certain people and things you hear on podcasting and in media. But it's very funny. So I had David on with his co-creator, one of the characters and the writers of the show, episode 88. It's a storytelling podcast for the post-truth era. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How long have you been waiting to get in an additional commercial? I, I just see an opportunity. I take it. Okay. Know. All right. So now you got Now you got to give me an app. Uh, yeah. Well, so you I wanted to start off. Give me an app, off, and I want sound effects on this. Show. I wanted to start off with that little bit of positivity because I kind of have like a negative app review. Um, in my oh. experience from the past week, oh. it's the Doodle app, which I know we've mentioned before on we the have. show, but. Yeah, I was using it too. So we're coming to the end of our um, spring season here at Heritage Radio Network. And so we're trying to organize um, just, you know, sit downs with all of our hosts to catch up and check in yes. and everything. The and doodle was a disaster. The doodle sucked. Yep. So, um, oh, that's a scheduling one, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's scheduling. Just, it's not a oh, snack. Yes. It has nothing to do with cheese, which is the initial disappointment Maybe that's of the doodle. where they went wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And it's not about drawing and it's not about fun. No. It's about scheduling and it kind of doesn't work. Ah. Really? Yeah, it just like it. That's disappointing. I I thought it was going to prevent people from signing up for the same time slot, and that was wrong. And it just the the layout was confusing. Um, so we switched over to a Google Sheet, which um, you need to fill out still, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this show is not panning out how I thought it was going to be. We might have to rethink the participation from the booth for this summer app. Ep- for the summer season. As the CEO of Doodle is crying. I do love the sound effects, though. The dust has settled now. So my app, IRS to go, because it's tax time. Your taxes are due. And the government, irs.gov is the website. They have an app, a free app for Android, iPhone, and Amazon. IRS number two, and then go is the name of it. It can help you file your taxes, make a payment, track your refund. Interesting. It has free software to download to help you file your taxes. It also has um, resources where you can find actual resources of people and go and sit down with someone and have them help you with your taxes if you need that. 
Um, they have a thing called VITA, which is Volunteer Income Tax Assistance. They have TCE, Tax Consulting for the Elderly, AARP. So, I mean, all things considered, it's actually not a bad little app informationally. Hmm. And if you want to track when your money's coming back in and all of that, it's pretty good. Cool. So, I mean, you do have to give them your social security number and all that kind of stuff, but I'm sort of assuming that they have all of that about you anyway, and if they don't, they're probably just going to buy it from Facebook. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Facebook Marketplace. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> At a discount. <laughs> <laughs> At a discount. Exactly. Um, so, IRS to go. You know, download it if you need some assistance or you're tracking, you want to track your refund like you track a package. Sweet. Yeah, there we go. So the show is about taxes because it's that time. Shoebox is a... We like Shoebox for a couple reasons. One, they're good talkers, and that's important for radio. Two, they are a point-of-purchase software platform for restaurants and food businesses um, developed by people who worked in restaurants and food businesses, and that is a very, very rare combination in the food tech world. We have a lot of people who are not in the food world, who create products and services and kind of get it and kind of don't. So we like to encourage industry-born ideas. And they've managed to make it to four years, so that's good, and that's progress. Kind of bootstrapping it in, like, the Thank you. Thank you. the real, like, get work, make money, and grow way versus the... Raise money and play ping spend pong. it as fast <laughs> as possible. <laughs> yeah. And then keep raising more money. Right. Yeah. And although you were in an incubator at one point... Yeah. yeah, I did 500 startups two years ago. Yeah, 2015, we did uh, 500 startups. Great experience and all, you know. And I think I think back that was back when we were still kind of getting our legs under us from a tech perspective and trying. Understanding how the game is run. Yeah. Was it like Silicon Valley on HBO? There was lots of ping pong and snacks, for yeah. sure. <laughs> a lot. Cheese doodles, not meeting doodles. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because... After this experience, you realize all the operational and business chops you need, you get them in surplus after running a restaurant. And we were hoping that the incubator would be more about maybe tech-specific ways to run your business at a higher level. But it was more geared towards how do you raise money. And, you know, um, I think that's it's great that a lot of people are very good at raising money, and that's their, their business model. But for we us, we heard like, that 80% of the people who were in our batch... At that time, eighty uh, percent of the companies gone. are gone. gone. Wow, so that was interesting. Yeah. Congratulations to you then. Thanks. Yeah. yeah so, um, give a quick give the el- quick elevator so Dave and our listeners can absolutely so um, understand what you do. Shoebox is an automated invoice management platform. Sounds very unsexy and very <laughs> you know, but w- what we do is uh, in the paper riddled restaurant world where deliveries all come on paper can snap a photo from your phone you can put a stack of invoices through a scanner and um, we process within hours all that information so that you can automate it to accounting get a report to your phone of what was spent and all your invoices are um, organized and digitized on the web so if you ever want to see when was the last time the hood cleaner came or what did the guy charge me to fix my oven everything's on your phone so why is the timing component of the why why is this important i mean <clears throat> Aren't restaurants keeping receipts and invoices and entering that information already? Sure, but it's, you know, the chef or the GM who's usually doing it at 11 p.m. at night. And when they can be doing more value add for the restaurant, like making sure people aren't taking too much time in overtime, going through the walk-in, make sure they're ordering and stuff instead of entering numbers into a spreadsheet. Yeah. The other thing that... um, the general public probably is not aware of is that with the farm to table and farm to fire and, you know, farm to counter movement, you deal with a lot of farmers Mm -hmm. and, um, a lot of them can be small businesses and you can get a delivery of, you know, a case of strawberries or eggs and your invoice will be a (laughs) post-it that says one tray, green eggs, $20. Exactly. So then, how do you deal with that? We extract that data. Yeah, exactly. like we like we see a lot of stuff <laughs> come yeah. through. A lot of handwritten, crazy, scribbled on pieces of paper. What's the best are, one? That what's are your, bills. What's your what's your favorite 
I number remember, one invoice. I remember Tony's. And you don't have to invoice. give names, but what just. Is it? So, <laughs> was it the one for the shooting range? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was like an invoice that came through one day, and you know we see all kinds of stuff. But there was an invoice that came through from one of our Philadelphia restaurants that said shooting range, and then it personal was, protection or yeah, something. Yeah, like, it was like R and D or something. Yeah. And I'm like, only in Philly would shooting range be part of an operational expense. <laughs> As we talk about the tax show, and then there was the the receipt for the car that came through. Exactly. (laughs) Somebody put their car payment through shoebox too. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff. From an auditing perspective, we see a lot of interesting things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was your favorite one in terms of like the Post-it or the Seafoltel invoice? Hmm. The creative creative invoices. Well, sometimes we just get the check stubs with what written, writ, what the item was written on the check stub after it's already been paid. It's not even an invoice. It's just... I'm pretty sure I've seen fish invoices, especially like uh, we've had a few very fish-heavy restaurants. We have a few very fish-heavy restaurants on the platform. And literally a napkin, just like striped Scallops. bass, yeah. $200. And they have 45 different purveyors, I think, fish yeah. purveyors. Just fish. like Just single item things. Muscles guy. Muscle. It's, no. it's, inc- it's crazy. No yeah. one's taking a picture of their hand, written on their hand. Oh, that's a pretty good idea, actually. We will have to do we've that. Had some pretty, in, uh, we've had yeah, some interesting in. photos through as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have. Well, I can't, I, I mean, you see everything. So, And it's, it's hard to keep track anymore. Now we got to focus on other things. A lot of times the more interesting ones we get are, you know, the... When you start talking about an app or taking a photo of something from your phone, people kind of start to think that it's magic, and you'll get the whole tableau of their desk yeah. with the coffee cup and the computer screen and everything, and their their feet like knocked up. And, and then you just, just have like, to figure shots. out what the what the hell is we going zoom on. in and take a screenshot and like <laughs> categorize them, categorize them out. I mean, one was. Uh, a chef, like I could tell. Like forensic accounting yeah, now. It totally. really is, yeah. It was a chef who was standing on his chair. I could tell it was a chef because he had clogs on, who laid all the invoices out on his desk. All of them. All of them. <laughs> and took a shot from above. <laughs> and it was it was beautiful. We should blow that up and put it in our office. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe that sh- that could be like the homepage on the website. Totally. Good idea. So we are going to take a quick break, and then we come back, we're going to get into why it's important to have all your records, why it's important to have them in a timely sense. And then we're going to talk to Dave and, uh, well, actually, Tony and X are going to talk to Dave and, and see if, you know, what's actually really a great idea and what's actually just, you know, some slick talking from that guy over there. <laughs> Stay with us. <laughs> I'm Dave Arnold, the host of Cooking Issues on the Heritage Radio Network. We all know and love Chinese takeout dishes like General Tso's chicken and egg rolls. But here's the thing. Even though we call it Chinese food, it's not like the food you'd find in China. What's the story behind this cuisine? And how did it become so popular that you can find a Chinese-American restaurant in nearly every town in the country? The answers may surprise you. Visit the Museum of Food and Drink in Brooklyn and see our newest exhibition, Chow, Making the Chinese American Restaurant. Chow engages visitors with compelling accounts of how Chinese immigrants overcame racism and created Chinese American cuisine. Discover the science behind the flavors of your favorite takeout dishes, feast on rotating tastings developed by the country's most talented Chinese American chefs, and try your hand at writing your own fortune, which will be baked into actual cookies by a 1,500-pound fortune cookie machine. But what better way to learn, connect, and eat? You can visit Chow at the Museum of Food and Drink on Fridays through Sundays from noon to 6. Tickets and more information can be found at mofad.org. Hey, like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today, because it's April 
and tax time's right around the corner. We have the guys on from Shoebox, which is a point of purchase accounting tech platform for restaurants back of the house. And we have Dave Oz, who owns restaurants and also has a little bit of experience as an accountant. So they're kind of a perfect panel for Tech Bytes episodes. So Tony and X were talking about what their service does. And, you know, for people at home who maybe don't work in restaurants or don't have a food business, imagine, you know, that side pocket in your purse or backpack or that drawer in your kitchen or your desk or that, you know, box you toss all your invoices and stuff into over the course of the year that you then go back to to dig through to do your taxes. Imagine that times like 2.5 million, and that's sort of what you have if you're a restaurant. So, Dave, what are some of the challenges of keeping up sort of like the day-to-day with the flow and getting your businesses ready for tax time? So, as they said before, you know, we get a lot of different vendors. You're buying things from all sorts. You could buy... 10 products from 10 different vendors sometimes, and each one has an invoice. So you do get a lot of papers, a lot of paperwork every week that needs to be kept track of. One of the things, it helps uh, focus on the business. When you have the numbers on a timely basis, um, you could see, you, you know, you can actually match your expenses with your revenues. So you can actually check your food costs properly for that week or that month because the, the proper invoices are in. So it's very important to have timely information. So what does timely exactly mean? Because timely means different things to different people. Looking at them as they come in. Um, basically, because if people, as they said too before, like chefs or general managers could get busy with other things, they might not input it for a week or two weeks. Or, you know, and then, so you're not getting accurate percentages or numbers to, to really evaluate your business. Um, so timely means putting them in. So if your revenue is coming in that week, you want to make sure the revenue you're getting is, is against the expenses that you're spending on that week. Correct, yeah. And what do you think the industry standard is? I don't think there From is experience. Standard. Or average, industry average. To get real correct numbers, probably about a month. Yep. Yeah. Like you, if you have the restaurant staff kind of entering numbers, they're not pros at that type of work. Well, because everybody in a restaurant has a very specific job mm-hmm. based, on, yeah. based on a specific skill set mm-hmm. and product that they're producing. Mm-hmm. Right. So your bartender's making drinks, right. your manager's orchestrating tables and staff flow, your chef is theoretically making food and overseeing those people. Sometimes if they want to hit their food costs, they don't put that invoice in until the exactly. week later. Oh. Oh, yeah, there's all kinds of tricks. Yeah, yeah. And I... It, I'd say the faster you have your numbers, the better, of course, because um, in such a slim margin business, any proactive step that you can take to control the business, um, it gives you a, an advantage. It's control. It's control. Right. I mean, Restaurant people are control freaks for yeah. people. Well, you could easily fall behind very fast and, and then realize, oh, wow, I owe a lot of money yeah. and I'm not making enough to pay these bills right. um, if you're not keeping track of it. Um, I think it also varies on on the size of the the, the, the restaurant owners. If it's one, you know, a single restaurant, they might sure. not have enough staff. If you're a bigger company with many places, you could hire someone who focuses on that. You can have that. You know, it depends right. who you can hire and how many people you can have doing the work. Yeah. Um, so you have Dave. You have two restaurants. You have, well, actually, you have a fast casual concept called Two Forks NYC, which is by Bryant Park. It's sort of like. I'm going to say it's like a mashup between like barbecue and sweet green or like barbecue and a salad place because you have like the pulled roasted meat side of things, which is very barbecue-y. And then you have sort of the healthy salad, bowl, quinoa, vegetable sort of thing. And it's all made kind of fresh in a bowl. Yeah, you could say that. Um, The only difference with barbecue is we don't smoke it, but everything is slow cooked um, and then pulled. Um, And, you know, we offer chicken, beef, lamb, pork. Um, and then we have, for vegetarians, spaghetti squash. Um, but then, yeah, it's in a bowl, and you can pick different bases, and you can mix it with different slaws and different sauces that, you know, my, my partner and chef, Mike Kaplan, comes up with. Um, and it's, it's seasonal slaws and seasonal, uh, globally-inspired seasonal sauces. So 
it's a mix. Yeah. Everyone's nodding like, yeah, lunchtime's coming. <laughs> so his, uh, your other place is actually a speakeasy bar called Bathtub Gin, and that's in Chelsea. Yep. So you have two businesses. Why don't you talk about, you know, with your experience and what you're doing to sort of get everything ready to make your annual evaluation go into tax season, and then the shoebox guys can ask some questions and see if they can help or how shoebox would be helpful, and or maybe, and you can also talk about maybe things you wish you had that you don't that maybe they can help you out with. So one of the advantages I have is we have, we partner with a, a bigger a hospitality company called HPH. Um, they own several, probably 20-something restaurants in the city. And so we have a bigger operation back of the house. Um, we do have an accounts payable person, and we have a controller. So all our invoices get sent to the accounts payable person who inputs it into QuickBooks. Um, and then we get a report every week that our controller prints out from the QuickBooks um, that we get sent to look at basically showing us our food cost, all our expenses, um, payroll cost. Um, and then, you know, they create a, we created an Excel spreadsheet also for certain numbers that we want to see personally. Um, so we're lucky to have that option. Sure. So, so a lot of times we'll bring the invoices to the office to, and she'll input it in, but that's a lag. Um, sure. So it's always a week behind if we do that. Or we'll scan it in if we have time and we can be more accurate that way. So sure. it varies. Um, sure. Well, I mean, I think having one of the one of the things that we've really been focused on with Shoebox is speed and accuracy, right? And so I feel having those daily... So every morning, there's a report that comes back to you that shows you your spend by category and by day. So I think something very empowering about that is obviously midweek, if for any reason you see numbers are out of whack, there's an opportunity to make an adjustment as things are happening. And looking back sometimes, I think, can lead to mistakes, errors, and of course, just not being able to jump on a, uh, an issue in the heat of the moment. How, how can you, can you actually pivot in the middle of a week oh, on the finances to save the, the balance Yeah, well, you can see. Week? So we order meat every day. You know, we get fresh meat delivered for two forks every day. Um, we could see, oh, wow, we, we just bought, a, we spent a lot on meat. And, you know, we have a lot of backup. You know, we don't need to order maybe today. We'll order tomorrow. So tightening up um, the inventory. Yeah, tightening up inventory. On seeing perishables. It, yeah, definitely helps. You know, seeing it on a daily basis could help, you know. Um, it's like, like we keep saying, accuracy. It just provides more accuracy. Right. Know. Like what we, we provide really is an oversight of that data and accountability um, because someone doesn't have to enter it manually into an interface anymore. Right. They're just reviewing it, having oversight in it, over it, and they can spend more of their time um, not collecting their data but analyzing it. Right. And that's where we've seen huge improvements in businesses where they can go in and dig into costs and make sure they're getting their returns and they notice more things yeah. when they're not just doing the mundane task of data injury all day. Right. Do you feel like you're on top of your data? I think so. Um, I think it helps that I have that finance background that I can double check uh, the information that's sent to me. Um, I think I see any big mistakes or errors I can see jump out at me right away. Um, what are the most common I mean, not a lot of restaurant people have accounting knowledge, so that's a very unique. Well, I won't to say have. most. It's not most common. Uh, it varies, you know. Um, errors do happen. Um, <clears throat> one of the things is the report we get is you know it shows all right what are the what were our expenses what are we still owe what checks are outstanding and then what we have in operating capital and we show the difference and you can see the, you know i can see the number you know of the difference of what we have if we paid all our bills fully which no one knows because you usually have credit terms if you pay fully right now um and then there's movement so you might move some money from one account to another you know you might use from uh, your payroll account, or you might use uh, distribution money, and when the movement happens, though, that's where a lot of errors can happen. And then if I look at it, if I saw last week we had this number, and then I asked her to move some money, and then I come in the following week, and I see that our number is like we're negative, so like $100,000, I'll be like, wait a minute, why? And she'll be like, oh, well, we moved the money. And I'm like, well, 
We had the money. We just moved it. We didn't like create a new uh, expense. And she's like, oh, right. And you know, so that's the first thing that would jump out at me is like, we've been making money all week. We're definitely not losing money. So why is uh, our numbers negative now? You know? And what about like if you have to, have to dig into what the expenses are? How do you get a hold of an invoice to check it out? So every week, uh, actually every Thursday, I go in and uh, you know, that's when I get the report. And I go through all the accounts payable report. And if there's certain expenses that I want request for, you know, we keep a file of every mm. receipt. So then they'll, they'll give it to me and I'll take a double check on it and look at it. What if you could see it in seconds? That's true. Phone. It helps, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Do you have an uptick in what you're doing now because it is tax time or no, because everything just kind of runs along and it's like when you're in your Amex account and you just download the annual report? You know, there are a lot of interesting characters in the restaurant business and um, we're really... I got three of them sitting here right now. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> we're more of a... For auditing purposes, we really come in at any point of the year. Like if yeah. they want to see all the liquor invoices for whatever reason boom boom there's your report there's your links to your invoices it's all there but we found that some of the uh more old school guys like don't want their numbers online easily accessible at all yeah so that's been some uh interesting thing to contend with yeah they're they're like they're afraid big brother is there you know they they don't want to see what's going on with nothing yeah exactly there's (laughs) we've we've seen and heard and experienced quite a bit in this now, I have a question. So once they scan the invoices to you, do you recommend them to keep the invoices? Or, I mean, what do they do with the, the invoice? It's really up to them. We don't suggest that they get rid of them, but they certainly can. What we recommend is that they just don't have to file them in order anymore. They can just drop them in a file or box by the month and then right. store them wherever they like. But people certainly do shred them. Yeah. Yeah. Is, it, is, lick- the, oh, is it the recommendation of you keep your records for five years or something like that? At and least then you three. Can get, at least three, yeah. three to five, three. and then you can get rid of them? Yeah, I know uh, with liquor invoices, you actually have to keep on premise right. The, right. the originals right. for like six months or something. Like and that's that. one where we've been really helpful to those yeah. restaurants as well, because they can still send their data very easily over to the accounting office, which may be three states away, mm-hmm. right. um, but keep those hard copies. Right. That happens a lot in DC for some reason. Yeah, hmm. I mean almost every, every yeah. almost every place has very strict liquor laws. Um, so yeah. So are you ready to go with uh, the end of the tax year? Or are you having a? a no, I think we're ready to go. I mean, for company taxes are done already. Actually, right yeah. now, so we already passed. That's March. 15th. It's more personal. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. it's more personal taxes now. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. Do you guys do it for personal uh, receipts as well? Well, I think <laughs> it depends on. What you mean by pa- personal? Paid outs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Paid outs and all that stuff, absolutely. We have receipt function where anything yeah. that's, you know, that's I hop nice. in an Uber and go to a restaurant, it's a business meeting, I want to expense it, you can absolutely put it through our system. But as far as things beyond that in the personal realm, it's hard enough doing, you know, <laughs> doing great work for restaurants. I can't imagine having all the individual people behind that restaurant then, yeah. then also texting us at one in the morning. <laughs> People text you at one in the morning? Oh, yeah. What do they text? Missing invoices. What are you wearing? What is <laughs> <laughs> Question They're is, do you there. answer them at one in the morning? <laughs> sometimes. I mean, sometimes. Uh, we've also got our operations in Manila on the other side of the world. That's where a lot of the processing happens. So, you know, if there's We're up working with them, yeah, usually. There's, there's times when we have to And we have some work. restaurants in Hawaii, too. Wow. Yeah. Wonderful. So we are in all these time zones. That right. So that was really... the question. So when you, someone scans the invoices, it gets put in manually, data mm-hmm. entry from mm-hmm. Manila. I yep. guess. Yes. So now, is there an, it, have you had an issue or could there be human error in data entry? Usually it's more questions like they just can't read it. Um, but Back sure. to the post-it note that yeah. says five pounds of scallops. So we have a flagging system and stuff. But, of course, there's a miskey and stuff every once in a while. But that's why we have the oversight. Yeah, there's there's an approval process that you do before you export into QuickBooks. I'd say, you know, 99 out of 100 times everything's perfect. There are situations, though, just like taxes, it, there is interpretational information, right? So, for example, if an invoice comes through from us. Uh, uh, graphic design, you know, is that consulting service? Is that a capital expense for, you know, Pre-opening website development? Expense, yeah. Like, there's all kinds of. In those situations, we're gonna we assume your chart of accounts, and we're putting all of the different purchases you make against your category list. But there are times when 
we just don't know exactly how you apply the category. There's also, um, you mentioned in one of the past episodes, figuring out what the product is sometimes based mm-hmm. on well, names and what's vendors. What's awesome is our team is like because amazing. Again, this, it, for, you know, it, just taking a picture with your smartphone of a, you know, post-it note or something yeah. scribbled on a sure. plastic right. bag. They're they're so well, they're so adept now at doing restaurant invoices because that's all we do. I mean, if we get an invoice from a produce company that says nothing but uh, lobster and oyster on it, they know it's mushrooms. Yeah, right, they're, they're not very, very good. They're they're, they're googling good. stuff. We have posters of things around yeah. of all the different American products. They're really interested in all of it. They learn about. They ask us questions like, "What does like grape jelly taste like?" All those crazy things. Yeah, it, they're they're incredible people, and they're so interested in this stuff. Like, you know, I always say, "What can we What can we bring you, or what do you want to try?" And like the simplest grape things. jelly, yeah, <laughs> or like you know, I've never had a strawberry kuya. They call us kuya. You know, <laughs> I've never had a strawberry because everything's tropical fruit. You know, and I. We get out there, we're like jackfruit and pineapple and <laughs> yeah. all this. But they're, they're so they, – all they see is food invoices, right? And so they probably know more about cheese at this point than I do because <laughs> they've they Googled all everything. This stuff and they've Googled everything yeah. and that's all they do. And, and they have the same account. So there's a there's – So a co- you have the same people working on the same account. Correct. So that they get used to seeing the names exactly and the right. vendors and all the, the lobster mushrooms. of the, some – yeah, exactly. Handwriting. Well, as an example, like we've got Momofuku as a customer and some of the ingredients they buy, like I just – it's incredible to see. Like especially Japanese ingredients. I'm like, what is what is that? <laughs> I have no idea. They're like, oh, don't worry, Kuya. That's a chopstick. And I'm like, you know that? Like it's it's literally in Japanese. You know, it's but crazy. Now, do the restaurant people ever talk to those yeah, guys so in, in some cases. In some cases, absolutely. There's there's a there's an open line there of communication if that needs to happen, yes. right? And in some cases, I mean, you know, a, a lot of restaurants are putting all of their stuff through. So it might be, you know, um, it's not just food and beverage. It's yeah, it might everything. be like common area maintenance bills. It might be things of that nature where our team, um, you know, of course they're great with dairy, produce, and all that stuff, but they might have a question say, hey, how do I apply this invoice to you? The your, plumber, the hand soap, the dishwashing yeah. stuff, it's the, the gloves, the hair nets. We the have like napkins. a messaging system, so they'll leave little notes for them yeah. uh, what about, about what's what. What about when. Uh, Restaurant's about to open. The build out cost. Do you oh, totally. If it's on paper, we do it. That's Absol- the best time to get involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So usually, what we'll do is we'll start out with a, ca- a capex account. Yeah. And a lot, especially scalable restaurants that are trying to do multiple locations, it gives them a really fast and great snapshot of what it took to open, mm-hmm. and it also gives them a reference point, very easy to pinpoint. Like, what do we pay for ovens? What was the spec on the cup that we bought? Like all the things that seem mundane but you know in in you know in the flash of a pan you're like oh my gosh what kind of cup do we use and you're like oh man i forget the spec where is the invoice no idea new sales guy now all of a sudden you're like well when you throw out all the boxes to get ready for the (laughs) opening or no one can find the invoices you know it happens a lot exactly you can tell there's little things that you know you can tell how organized a restaurant is like you know Maybe it's part of the shtick, but there's a lot of bars I go to where I'm like, wow, there's like 18 different rocks glasses. I've gotten Negroni in four different glasses so far today. And I'm like, yeah, they probably have no idea what the spec is. Or is that the look? Is it one of those, like, you know, because there is a a restaurant style of decor which is mismatched. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Facebook Marketplace, garage sale, <laughs> mismatch get it everything. in my like, yeah, basement, mismatch everything kind yeah. of thing. So was it intentional I, that you had four different Negroni glasses? Well, I'm just saying I've been in the situation. Or no. He kept ordering more to see if he could like replicate the, the I've been the, the, Was that a business expense? <laughs> I'm telling you right now, start looking at coffee cups when you go out, right? Yeah. Start looking at coffee cups because no coffee cup I'm, I'm is ever the ADD same. I'm sensing come out in him now. <laughs> oh, man, it's incredible. Incredible. I mean, I, I, I've been in it. How about this? I have myself done it where I'm like, hey, what is these fork we use? And they're like, no idea. I'm like, me neither. We bought them two Here's years a picture. Ago. Yeah. Here's a picture of it. We need them like yesterday. Cocktail forks. Yeah. Always missing. Are you getting ready to maybe open a new place or are you just thinking about opening because you just opened a new place? There's always discussions. Of course. Um, I am in discussions with some a couple more places yeah that's exciting good for wow, you man. that's cool. exciting thank you 
So we're actually hit the 45 minute mark, which means we're out of time, which oh, that was fun. It, it goes by quickly. It does and go by quick. At the end of the show, I always like to ask guests for a little piece of advice for people. Um, so I will ask the shoebox guys, what is your best advice for organizing information? Organizing your receipts, organizing your expenses, organizing all that for either yourself or your business. Outsource it. Let someone else do it. It's worth Absolutely. the money. Absolutely. Scan really? and send. Absolutely. You don't yeah. have time to be like organizing paperwork in a restaurant. It's it's such a it's it's a time suck. And as we were talking before briefly, investing in your people and investing in your product and investing in the things that really bring business back to you. That's how you can truly affect your, your revenue and the making guest sure experience. people come back. Yeah. Right? That's, 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 it's like everybody has their own seats on the bus kind of thing. You know, focus your time on things that are really going to impact your business. And then there's huge ramifications to being financially responsible and also organized. And responsive. And responsive. Yeah. So, so let somebody who's great at that do that. Let the people do their job. And, and you focus on making your business great. Hire for specialty, and then let them do that specialty. Exactly. Don't turn your amazing mixologist into... I'm not cutting my own hair. A you data know? processor. I could have somebody cut my hair. Exactly. Really? <laughs> you <can> tell? <laughs> I think your hair is beautiful, Tony. Thank you. It looks great. You should think about a, a headphone hair band okay. for life. That's good. Next time. New business venture. <laughs> so, Dave, same question to you. How do you? What would you recommend to people for how to keep themselves organized on the day to day and sort of you know wrangling everything for the end of the year? Well, definitely don't try not to let things lag and take too long. Um, so don't wait until the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. Try to be. You know, it's hard to do it every day, but try to do it as soon as possible and stay on top of things as much as possible. That's actually good advice for life. <laughs> yeah. Generally. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I am really happy that you guys all came out onto the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Thank you. 94, right? First time customers. My first time. You guys were this gentle on me. <laughs> this is episode 94, which means we have episode 100 coming up in the summer season. <laughs> yeah. So we're working on an amazing 100th episode. If you listeners have a thought, a suggestion, a recommendation, a favorite episode, someone you want to hear from, get in touch with us. We're a very interactive show. You can reach us via email, techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, HRN. We would love to hear from you. If you want to reach out and get in touch with Shoebox, they are C-H-O-U-X-B-O-X dot com. If you want to follow them on social media, they are at underscore Shoebox. If you want to check out Dave's Fast Casual Pulled Meat Veggie Bowl Restaurant, twoforksnyc.com. Also on social media at Two Forks NYC. Bathtub Gin NYC is his speakeasy bar. Little funny story, there's a coffee shop in front. Yes, called Stone Street Coffee Company. It's very tiny. It's charming. Mario Cantone, actor, Sex in the City, yes, who we became BFFs with when we were on a culinary trip in Portugal together, yes. which is a totally different show. Um, he occasionally bakes the banana bread for the coffee shop. Yes, he does. He's a, he's a good friend of mine, and we tried it. And he was and his banana bread's amazing. Is it? Yes. He, he does it when he feels like it. It's very we dense and rich now. and, and it, delicious. Does he send an invoice for it? No. Uh, he does it when he feels like it. it's very. That'd be an interesting invoice. Very, we have people. Chef-y. We have people that come in and like, do you have Mary's bread? No, I'll can't give them. And they walk out. <laughs> So Bathtub Gin is at 9th Avenue and 18th Street. Two Forks is West 40th at 6th Avenue. And we've got a new office, too. you yep. got a new office. So if you give the address, people might stop by. 270 Water Street oh, yes. in Manhattan. Is it ground floor? Yeah. So it's people nothing. can go like look out the window It's a and combined see? office with a buddy of mine who does custom-made chef's knives. So it's a knife gallery tech office. office. Yeah. Okay. Combining many loves. Yep. 
Are there is there pizza or snacks or doodles? There's booze. Or? There's booze. And we can order pizza. So, so if the techs get into a fight, they got all the exactly. weapons they need you, right you, there. You have to you have to have snacks and if we you're should, tech though. We should I get mean, Mountain Dew on tap. I got a, I've got a little fridge coming from Amazon. We'll keep sweet. some nice things in there. Dude, you should get a slushy machine. I'm okay with like I a, love slushies. You know what I mean? And we bought thing? a bunch of pork yeah. rinds back. <laughs> the guys in the Philippines gave us like stacks of pork boxes rinds, of pork yeah. rinds. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. They love chicharrones. Yeah. Yes, they do. Chicha. <laughs> or you could just have all like Filipino snacks, like that's you a know, cool the purple, idea. the purple yam pastries, and oh yeah, the ube, that, ube, ube, and all that kind of stuff. You'd be like, "What's this?" We'd probably never have to restock. It'd be cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nobody eats anything. Well, I'm sorry to say, this is the end of this episode of Tech Bites. If you loved it, come back next week at 11 a.m. on Thursday morning. We are going to have a great intellectual property attorney on. He is going to tell us about how you can protect your intellectual property in the digital age, mm. how you protect your recipes, logos, photographies, and all that from social media and Instagram and all those kinds of things. He's a great, very interesting, fun guy. Come back and listen. If you want to take it with you, go to Stitcher Radio or iTunes. If you really love it and you can't live without it, go to heritageradionetwork.org. Click the beating heart. And, you know, throw us what you spent on coffee today. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. That means we exist because of the love of our listeners. I'm Jennifer Leitze. This is Tech Bytes. listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.